Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with you. In May, my College to Career Academy will hold a series of live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs and careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp, and then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live, and it's led by me over Zoom, and you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career dot academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Lisa Cherkowski. Lisa, before we dig into what you do as a food stylist, I thought it would be a good idea for our listeners to just get kind of a a quick primer on what food styling is, what's involved, and how you define it. Well, I define it as creating food for a photo, creating food for pictures, for the camera. And the food stylist's responsibility is everything about the food until the shot is done. So it can involve, well, it involves planning and meetings and that kind of thing. It often involves grocery shopping, carrying all the stuff to the studio. It often involves cooking or, you know, working with products and then preparing the food for the camera and then working on the set. So crawling into a pretty small space and working with the food in front of the camera without, you know, just bumping anything and being very clean and precise and, and artful simultaneously. So it's science and art together. Cool. And, schlep- and, schlep- and I carry a lot of tools. You know, I carry up kits. With lots- I used to carry a lot more than I carry now, but I carry kits, lots and lots of tools. Because you have to be ready for anything because things come up that you can never predict. Such as? They're sending product. You think it's going to be perfect. You get there. They're pies and they're all pretty much smashed. And the top is this lattice that's been punched out by a machine. And you have to try to recreate that somehow with an exacto knife and a template. I, I, that happened to me. It was a long time ago. But for example, that's just what comes to mind right off the top of my head. But it's almost always something like that. The thing you think is going to be a problem often isn't. 
and the thing you think is going to look just great doesn't. You can't find parsley that has any little leaves. They're all enormous. That flat leaf parsley's gotten so huge. Or they want tiny, they want lemons with thin skin, and you can't find that. There's all kinds of stuff like that, like real super specific things. Or you, the product is real tiny, and the lemon you have is too big, so you can't use it. Scale issues, there's always scale issues. Oh, all my kinds God. Of Why is styling needed? And is it? I, I'm asking you this. This is actually a question that Lisa recommended I ask her. So I am curious to hear the answer. That's a good question. Okay, so that dep- that depends on what the job is, and so that depends. All- so then that comes into priorities as a stylist too. So okay, my favorite jobs are jobs that encourage people to cook because I'm a cook. Well, because I think cooking is a good thing, and they encourage people to eat, if not cook, but to eat and be interested in food. So books and magazines and the news and newspapers and things that involve cooking would, would be the first line for that. Where that so those are my favorite things, and in that case, it's not needed necessarily, but it certainly encourages people to cook which I know it's not saving the world, but it it doesn't hurt. And sharing food can help to save the world. Because if you're sharing food, you're bridging gaps, you're creating community, and that does really definitely enhance everyday life and it can enhance things worldwide. So there's that. So there's cooking. That's one of the ways. I also, a lot of my jobs are literally to sell things. They're products. You're selling something. And I'm grateful for the work and it's an interesting problem. It's a different problem and marketing was never my focus, but it it has become a good sized part of my work and I appreciate it. It's different. It's different. And so then I have a different, my thought process is very different. So it's about cooking. It's about selling things. It's about education. That's what I can mostly think of because those are those would be the two two things. And then sometimes it's about information. You know, like we have this thing, and we need you to know what it looks like. I do stuff for USDA. I do stuff for the FDA. So then it's educational about eating healthfully or feeding your babies or what you how to eat when you're pregnant. And there's all that stuff too, which is educational about how to eat. And I'm yeah. thinking. If the pictures don't look appealing, if they don't look enticing, then people aren't going to want to make those dishes or follow those guidelines. And you're always trying to draw the line. It's like, well, how, quote unquote, fake should this be? Well, if it doesn't look better, then, you know, you've seen, we've all seen a million iPhone snapshots of food where you really don't want to make or eat that food. So if it doesn't make the person want to make or eat it, you haven't done your job. You don't want to overpromise, but you do have to make it enticing. You do, and you have to figure out where that line is. Yeah. Between complete honesty. Of course, lighting helps a lot. I mean, lighting and props up. I mean, lighting, professional lighting on food. I can't shoot pictures of food because I can't, I don't know how to do the lighting. Yeah. And that's everything. It's everything. I can tell you firsthand because I do love to cook. Yeah. There have been so many times when I'm there with the cookbook or with the magazine and I'm copying the the recipe and my final product does not look like the picture. It doesn't, but you get to eat it. You get to smell it and eat it. So that makes up the picture. All you have is your eyes. So you really have to, you really have to work with that. And so there is the advantage of being able to, to taste it and eat it, which is of course huge. Yeah. Huge. And you don't look at it that long either. You look at it, then you eat it. It's not immortalized in a book or on the web or whatever. No. So 
Yeah, those are all questions that I think about a lot and deal with at every single job, like how to approach it and what's appropriate and so on. Lisa, what are the different kinds of food styling? I mentioned in the introduction that you have worked seamlessly between the editorial and the corporate worlds, but what does that mean and what does it look like? Well, the editorial, it's books, magazines, etc., advertising, you know, those those inserts that you get in the newspaper, all that stuff. And one is the editorial is a lot looser. It can be messier. It can look, it's looser. It's more, it's more, I don't know if artistic is quite the right word. It's different kind of problem solving. And the other way, it has to be, it has to be very informational and it has to be, you have a lots of, you have a lot of parameters and you have a lot of people because you've got the product manager, the marketing person, maybe several marketing people and so on. And they all have agendas. And often it has to also fit into a template that involves a lot of information if it's a package. So then it's very, very, very specific and super technical. And there's and lots and lots and lots of talking. And it's it's a lot more tedious. It's it's a, it's difficult in different in a different way. But it's 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 very difficult because it's there forever. That's the other thing is those kinds of things. Packaging is exists for a long time, you know, so. And there's a lot more money changing hands. So that figures in. So it's more lucrative to do the corporate. Yes. Yes. Not always, but often. Yes. It's more lucrative. And video, I understand, is even more lucrative. I don't do much of it. It's just not my thing. I never got into it. And I like still, I like having a thing that's done at the end that I can hold or see. And so I've just never been that interested in video. A lot of people love it. What would you say are the biggest similarities and differences between styling food and let's say styling people or even inanimate objects like furniture or household goods? Food is dying. The whole time you're doing it, it's dying. It's decomposing. So it's highly perishable. And just being exposed to air, it's constantly, it's changing. Even if it doesn't look like it's changing, it's getting shorter gravity is working on, I mean, gravity works on everything, but it is changing and it's changing often really quickly. If you put down a drizzle, like say we do a drip or a drizzle. Okay. When I'm doing a drip or a drizzle, photographer might shoot it several times because you might like it when it first goes down and it's standing up the most, even olive oil. Or you might like it when it's settled in a little bit more, or you might like it when it's completely puddled, but it's really perishable. And so when you work with people, so you want to move as quickly as possible from beginning to end but you can't skip any steps. So you're trying to always trying to figure out any essential steps. So you're trying to figure out which steps you can skip. You're trying to figure out what is not necessary to move you to the final photo as efficiently as possible, but you cannot rush anybody else. You can't rush the photographer and so on. But you need to be quick and clean. And you don't want to backtrack. That so. reminds me of a quote that I read about you on LinkedIn, on your profile. Mm-hmm. And this was written by somebody who you work with. And that person said, some creatives are artists and some are simply magicians. The best ones anyway. Lisa is a magician. Wow. I hadn't seen that. Thank you. I'm so glad we're speaking this morning. (laughs) Thank you. Do you have to make things disappear or is there a certain element of performing illusions? Well, there is illusion. I've been doing this a very, very long time and there's no replacing that. So I have the advantage of lots and lots and lots of experience, which you just can't get around. I'm very grateful for that. And so lots of times someone will say, okay, so it's linear. You build like you build a shop and I understand how all that works. So you're not going back like this. You have the surface and you pick the props. 
and you look at some of the food and you discuss all along the way. You build, 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 build until the final moment when everything is just as you want it to be all at the same time. And you want to do that step by step by step by step. And when you're working with people that are experienced, everyone understands what those steps are. So you're not, you don't get to a point and the person says, oh, by the way, we want X. And that's four steps back because it's food. And you maybe only have so much of it. You, you might have a ton of it, but you may not. And you also might really like what you've got there. And to replace it, you might never get that again or you won't get that again. So sometimes someone will say, I like it when someone tells me what they want it to look like. And then they let me figure out how to get there. Like they say, we want this. I mean, super basic, very moist. We want this to look tender and crumbly, or I wish that was a little bit more soft or fluid. I wish it flowed better. And then I like to just step in and figure out how to do it because I can do it instinctively or intuitively. And so, and I'm fast, but I've also been doing it a long time. So I may seem like a magician because I'm very quick. And often I can foresee, like I can look at it and go over the set to do something. And the client who's now on Zoom will say, could we do X, X and I will be doing it. I will have already done it or because I've been looking at food for so long with so many people that you kind of start to read minds just like anybody does at any job after you do it for a very long time. So, yeah, and I really do try to use my intuition. I try to use my instinct because that feels really good and it's almost always right. You know, it just and things look right when you go when you have good flow. It just makes everything better. When, and that's true for any anything. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.